0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Amber Bothot. Amber, did I...
1: Pronounce that correctly. I am so proud of you. You're oh, one yeah. of very few in the span of my lifetime, as Amber both thought that has ever pronounced it correctly. So.
0: Well, it was was motivated by pure fear <laughs> of getting it wrong. I so, love it. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here today. Uh, this will come out well after Giving Tuesday, but today is Giving Tuesday, and you, I think, hold the record for the <laughs> most number of organizations I've ever seen anyone give to on Giving Tuesday. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: So I like to participate in yeah. Giving Tuesday and I'm involved with a lot of organizations in a lot of different ways, whether that's serving on their boards, volunteering, or writing their grants. Uh, So I dedicate a budget, which was $200 this year, and I gave $25 to eight different organizations that hold a special place in my heart. So that's just my small way of giving back. And then I shared it, actually inspired by Courtney Teagarden, who's Uh another marketing Mm -hmm. professional. She gives to umteen million organizations okay. as well, I think eight. Yeah. And she posted about it and I thought, you know what, I do this every year and I never really share yeah. why. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to use my platform on social media as the marketer that I am yeah. and share the reasons why I give.
0: Yeah. No, I thought it was great. I saw that on LinkedIn, and I felt a, I felt a little bit of peer pressure to say, good. well, I should do something, too. I didn't because I've already <laughs> spent my, my <laughs> charitable budget for the year, right. but I thought about it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe next year I'll have a little budget and do the same. So that's good what I
1: hope that people do. And I think that's the whole impetus behind Giving Tuesday, you know, the Giving Tuesday hashtag. Yeah. It is a lot of peer pressure pressure yeah and a lot of our small local nonprofits put a lot of effort oh, into sure. this day sure and I want to make sure that that's worth it for them and their marketing efforts uh, as well as their mission. So Yeah,
0: well, great. Well, well, great job supporting those nonprofits. <laughs> Thank you. And that is a good jumping-off point for your career path because you you've done stuff and you're doing stuff other than working with nonprofits, but you've spent right. a lot of time in the nonprofit sector. But I want to go way back. Way back. When you were growing up, as you tell me, in Illinois. Yes. Tell me about when you started thinking about a career, yeah. what your initial thoughts were and how that manifested itself. Because you're an English major, correct? Correct. You and I are both English majors. Yes. And what I find interesting about most English majors is English majors for many people were a cover because they didn't know what they wanted to do with their life. So was that true for you? Um, <laughs> I if, love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's not true, but tell me a little bit about what were you thinking about career-wise? how did you end up as an English major and where'd you go from there?
1: Right. So I grew up in a super small town and I grew up in a family of teachers. My dad was a teacher. Uh, Many of his siblings and then my niece, my cousins, his nieces and nephews were teachers. So, from a very young age, I was going to be a teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time at school with my dad. You know, after school, I hung out till he was done. So, that was what my goal was I was going to be a teacher. Um, In junior high, I fell in love with reading and Mm -hmm. just everything involved with the. The subject of English. I liked learning about grammar, and I'm one of those weird ones that likes sentence mechanics, vocabulary, memorizing definitions. I'm just a geek like that and a voracious reader. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I should be an English teacher. And so it was about sixth grade when I decided I'm going to be an English teacher and I'm going to go to college where my dad went, which was Northern Illinois University. And then I'm going to come back to my hometown Mm -hmm. and I'm going to teach English in my hometown, Mm -hmm. and live in this little town for the rest of my life. Okay. All right. That was my plan. And then what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Then what happened? So I did um, pursue an English degree with secondary teacher certification. Mm -hmm. Loved the entire experience until the very last semester when I did my student teaching. Mm -hmm. I did my student teaching at a very small rural school in... Northern Illinois, very similar to the school where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I realized about the third day that the high school kids I was teaching didn't care mm-hmm. at all yeah. about the things that I cared about. Yeah. And that at that point, teaching was really more about classroom management mm-hmm. than dead poet society yeah. moments. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's great, and that's wonderful, and I value teachers so much because I know how hard it is. Mm-hmm. I loathed my student teaching yeah. experience. Yeah. So at 22, I kind of had a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. Like, I have wanted to be this yep. for over a decade, yeah. and now I have no idea what to do, and I have this degree. Yeah. And, ah! Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. My, my sister had the same experience, elementary ed major did her practicum and was like, I'm done, we'll go do something else. And it's horrible. It was, you know, and she in the same way said, I have even more respect for people who teach. I just can't do it well. Hundred percent And she went into HR, which is yeah. a different kind of elementary <laughs> education. So, <Right>? um, so, <laughs> right. you, so you decide teaching English isn't for you and you're trying to determine, okay, what now? What happens next?
1: So Coinciding with that experience, I had been seriously dating someone for mm-hmm. a couple years. Yep. He lived in Fort Wayne, uh-huh. and I was still in Illinois, okay. and we were doing the long-distance mm-hmm. thing. So when it came time for graduation, he proposed, mm-hmm. and I moved here. Okay. So I left everything I'd ever known. I'd always yep. been in northern mm-hmm. Illinois, um, yep. have a really tight family and childhood friends and followed followed a boy here and yep. we we did get married and I didn't know what I wanted to do when yeah. I moved here.
0: So what? What year is this that you moved to Fort Wayne? Two
1: thousand and two. Two thousand. So it's been almost twenty years.
0: Okay, and Fort Which Wayne is a bars. very different place in two thousand two. It was horrible. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> well, sorry,
1: but it was horrible.
0: Well, I and I empathize <laughs> with that because I moved. I moved to Northeast Indiana from the Boston area in '94. moved to Fort Wayne proper in '99. Similar time frame. Then, and it was like. Yeah. And I was like, I, at the time, I was like, I have a one year old. I'm not going to be doing anything anyway, which Fort Wayne is great for because there's not much to do. So was that. Tell me more about that impression. Though.
1: I uh, The first time I ever drove here, it was the farthest I had ever driven by myself. So you have to consider I'm still kind of a kid, and I was a mm-hmm. junior in college, and I just got in my car and drove here to see my then-boyfriend. And I remember getting south of Chicago and hopping on 30, thinking, oh, I'm almost there, and seeing a sign that said Fort Wayne 98 and yeah. saying, what the? Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. So I spent two years here on weekends before moving here, and we lived in West Central, Mm -hmm. which if you're going to live anywhere in Fort Wayne in 2002, West Central is not a half bad place to be. And we hung out at Henry's. That was our place. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I remember very vividly saying to my um, fiance, you have five years to figure out how to get us out of here because this place has nothing for me. Yeah, um, It was right about that time I picked up a flyer in Henry's that said, want to join a roller derby league? Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. And I thought, hmm, I've never roller skated, but why not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so that, that started a very interesting... Multi year path for me that really engaged me in the community in terms of the nonprofit community. Yeah. The Fort Wayne Derby Girls, which was established um, after we had our first meeting, gave back to organizations that mm-hmm. helped women and children in our community. Yep. It also gave me an opportunity to use some of those communication skills that I had gained in college and became kind of the voice yeah. and to did promote, a lot of radio yeah, interviews went on TV, Mm -hmm. and really, that's when I discovered I'm kind of good at this marketing thing, talking about things and promoting things. And so over the course of the seven years I was involved in roller derby is when I really felt a connection to Fort Wayne and realized this is home. And yeah. now here, almost 20 years later, I yeah. can't imagine living anywhere else.
0: Sure, sure. So so you're you're doing that sort of as a sideline, as I don't want to say a hobby, but it's, it's a side hustle. Oh, it
1: was a that. hobby, for sure. Yeah. We weren't paid for that. <laughs> yeah. And,
0: and you're working at
1: Serva initially? Yes, in yes. Yeah. So that's what brought my fiance here. Mm-hmm. He was transferred here when a big investment company bought North American mm-hmm. Global and Ally They moved all of the Chicago allied workers to Fort Wayne. So there was a bunch of Chicago folks here, which were my initial friends when we moved here. And when I moved here in May 2002, right after graduation, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I I got a waitressing job for a while just to kind of pass the time while I figured it out. And then my fiance said, why don't you just apply for one of the summer positions at Serva? Mm -hmm. It's going to pay well. Get your feet wet. And I kind of scoffed at it because I remember my dad saying, I don't want you to Moved to Fort Wayne and end up sitting behind a computer dispatching trucks. Mm-hmm. Like he was not super <laughs> so it's exactly pleased about what he that. Described, yeah. So that's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah, I sat yeah. behind a computer for a summer dispatching trucks, yeah. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved. The, the puzzle-making of it and the logistics and the filling trailers, mm-hmm. and I loved working with the drivers and communicating with them, and I'm really organized and really efficient, so I've flourished in that, yeah. in that environment. So, I worked for Server for four years. Okay. They paid for my master's of mm-hmm. business administration in human resources yeah. marketing and management mm-hmm. because I also entertained human resources yep. for a while. I really like people.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and then one day I was searching job postings on monster.com, which was about the only mm-hmm. job searching yeah. thing back in 2006 for someone else mm-hmm. and saw executive editor, business people magazine. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Heh, what the heck? Yeah. I'm going to apply. Yeah. And uh, Dan Copeland, who's the owner of that company, called me mm-hmm. and brought me in for an interview and was really taken aback by my roller derby side because he's <laughs> he's more of a conservative. He's pretty straight-laced, yeah. Pretty conservative. And I think I actually had like a wheel-shaped bruise on my chest <laughs> during my interview. Yeah. Um, but he called Dr. Jeff Walls, mm-hmm. who was my master's yep. program teacher, yep. you know him, and said, hey, um, I just interviewed this young lady for a position and... Verbatim, Dr. Wallace, if you don't hire her, you're a moron. (laughs) And so Dan called me and hired me. Okay. And that solidified me even further into the community because working at that magazine, there was a, a family of magazines under their umbrella, but I got to meet oh sure business leaders, um, yeah. community members all over the spectrum Yeah, and really, again, just helped me further fall in love with Fort Wayne. And about the time Parkview Field was yeah. being developed, I started getting involved in Young Leaders of Northeast mm-hmm. Indiana, yeah. and it just felt like the momentum was building yeah. in Fort Wayne to really... Root myself here,
0: and and you were at Business
1: People for about eight years. No, no, it was actually a short period of time—four years, two thousand six to okay. two thousand ten. You would think me having
0: your LinkedIn profile <laughs> printed out in front of me that That's I actually okay. would know that. But That's four okay. years, okay, yeah, so four, four years, years yeah. at
1: Serva, got my master's. Four years at Business People, um, getting my feet wet in mm-hmm. that kind of arena. Yeah, and then by that time, I'm still in roller derby. But by that time, I'm organizing fundraisers and mm-hmm. starting to get into event planning. And I organized a fundraiser called Bust-A-Move, mm-hmm. which was an art auction to benefit breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And Diane May of Cancer Services reached out to me and said, hey, I heard you're planning this fundraiser. Do you have a beneficiary? Oh. And in the back of my mind, I had thought somehow I want to get it into the hands of women in this community that sure. need it she provided that avenue for me and convinced me to make the beneficiary of the fundraiser, Cancer Services. Mm -hmm. So we did that a couple years. And then I saw a job for director of communications for the YWCA. Mm -hmm. I called Diane and asked her if she'd be a reference for me. And she said, no. (laughs) I was devastated. And she said, just come see me. So I went to her office the next day and she offered me a job. Oh, wow. She had um, a was creating a director of marketing and development position Mm -hmm. through our work together for Bust a Move. She saw something in me she liked and hired me and taught me everything I needed to know about the fundraising and grant writing world. Okay. Then I brought some of the marketing experience that I had and, and had a really wonderful experience on her team for a few years. And that's
0: one of the organizations you supported through Giving Tuesdays. (laughs) It
1: is, yeah. yeah. So my family has personally been touched by cancer. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it made so much sense to me, or felt so serendipitous, when Diane reached out to me that I could work for a place that I could see literally the impact Mm -hmm. it was having on people in our community. It was a wonderful place to work. I felt like every moment, every ounce of my energy was yielding results, tangible results for someone that really needed it.
0: Okay. So it's a great place to work, but you decided to go do something else. Tell me why that is.
1: So through Bust a Move, Mm -hmm. I got my feet wet in asking people for money Mm sponsorship-wise. And one of those people was Derek Devine with Mm -hmm. Punch Films. And he was building his team. Um, At the time, he only had um, Heather and maybe two other people on his Mm -hmm. team. He had just moved into a bigger space just down the street from you here on Wayne. And we went to lunch one day. Actually, he called me. And said, hey, can we go to lunch? Well, working at cancer services, many times when people called and asked me to lunch, it was to tell me some terrible news about themselves mm. or someone in their family that had cancer. Yeah. And what would I suggest as far as navigating this? Yeah. And so my heart dropped. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not bad. It's not bad. Let's go <laughs> yeah. to lunch. So yeah. I met him at Cork and Cleaver, and he offered me a job. Oh, wow yeah as um a director of marketing and development mm-hmm. and um at the same time, I was actually also talking to um, the Nichols Group. Mm-hmm. The owner of that organization yeah. was my neighbor. Okay, and he wanted me to come on board too. So I was talking to both of them, and I decided to go with Punch Films. I had yeah. a friendship with Hartman and Heather, and decided to join that team. Uh, I had a lot of fun learning about video production, but it just it wasn't a good fit for me at the time. I missed nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Fiercely, yeah. almost immediately yeah, upon leaving. Yeah, sometimes you
0: have to do something else to realize what yeah. you're missing, yeah.
1: It really was a misstep for me in terms of my career. I, I mean, it wasn't a waste of time because sure. I, I did learn about the video production and can kind of navigate yeah. my way through that, mm-hmm. at least to the point where I can get some specs to people for quotes that yeah. don't sound dumb. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so I spent just a year there, and then I was recruited for a job back in nonprofit, which was the executive director of Artland. Link, okay. Um, which is a small yep. arts organization downtown. And that was kind of at the time my dream job. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since leaving cancer services, but seeing how the nonprofit world worked, I said, I think I would love to run a small, mm-hmm. not a multimillion dollar nonprofit sure. like cancer services, but yeah. a smaller organization that impacts the community. And that's what ArtLink was for me. So I joined their team September 2014. Okay. All right. So yes, I've meandered. I've <laughs> yeah. meandered yeah. through.
0: Yeah. No, it's fascinating. So so tell me about how does that lead you to where you are today, and let's do a quick hit of all the organizations you're so Let's go, let's build the bridge first. How do sure. you get from there to where you are today? And then let's talk about all the different hats you wear in twenty twenty-one. It's or twenty twenty two when this will go. It's
1: out. crazy. So I, I was at Artlink um doing my thing there. The organization had some financial troubles that I inherited that were troublesome. The board and I were working very hard Mm -hmm. to overcome it, putting in long hours, and then I had a baby. Mm -hmm. And I had every intention of coming back after having that baby. Annabelle, who's my oldest daughter, fundamentally changed my DNA. Mm -hmm. I was no longer capable of putting forth the effort needed to write the art link ship. Mm -hmm. It was an excruciating realization for me because I'd always been so career driven to realize I am forever changed by this experience of becoming a mother. One that I never thought I was going to get to have. Mm -hmm. I was an older mother. I had Annabelle when I was 36. And so I met with my board chair, which was... Wendy Stein, who's a Mm -hmm. very dear friend of mine, and told her my feelings, and she invited me to come to the executive committee so they could try and talk me out of it, Mm -hmm. and I could not be talked out of it. So I ended up staying on for six months while they looked for my replacement and then overlapped with him, and I just quit my job Mm -hmm. with no plan.
0: Okay. All right. So your priorities had changed. 100%. And now you're back to where you were back in the early 2000s. Yep. It's kind of like, I don't Just know. Just quit what my to job. Next. Yeah.
1: Oddly enough, I quit my job, and four of my previous connections, Twitter, marketing mm-hmm. world, reached out to me and said, What are you doing now? Mm-hmm. Want to do some contract work for us? Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, Yes. So Letty Haver with Acres Land Trust mm-hmm. was actually one of my first clients. Yep. She hired me on to do all of their digital marketing. Okay. Um, and then Nathan Dennison with mm-hmm. the Coliseum reached out to me. Um, Michelle Platty had taken maternity leave and yep. he needed someone to help bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. She ended up not coming back. Mm-hmm. So I ended up working with Nathan in a contracted position for over a year. Okay.
0: Nathan, a. Recent guest of the podcast. I
1: love him so much. And it just, all these connections I had made through Wild and i or Twitter or other volunteer opportunities started coming up. And so Redbird Writing was born. Okay, And it started as, you know, helping people with content creation, social media management, e-newsletters, and blogging.
0: Okay, where's the name come from?
1: That's a good question. So my maternal grandparents, my Mm -hmm. papa and nana, they both passed away within six months of each other in 2010 and 11. Um, So six six years before the name came. But they were both cardinal fanatics, like the bird, not the sports teams. (laughs) And when I was thinking about my name and just things that mean a lot to me, that symbol yeah. meant a lot to me, okay. and a lot of people associate me with red because of the red sure. hair and sure. just my, my personality. Yeah. So that's how it was born.
0: Okay, all right. So so we're gonna transition into the stuff you do today. <laughs> red sure. Redbird writing is one of them, and that right. includes a lot of grant writing. Is that correct? I've seen. And
1: that's a recent thing yeah. within the last year, yeah, and I've that seen some came posts about from you about that kind yeah. of organically too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it started as mostly marketing in the digital space.
0: Okay, so Redbird writing. And Fort Wayne Food Tours, tell me about that.
1: Right. So uh, most people who know me know that I love food. Mm -hmm. Um, I was the food writer for both What's Up and our local NPR affiliate for Mm -hmm. many years. Um, And then I formed a relationship with Randy Harder, who's a Fort Wayne historian, I don't even know how. I met his daughter, Sarah, through Twitter. And then when I was at ArtLink, I did an exhibit on historic Fort Wayne photographs. And at the time, Randy had a collection of historic Fort Wayne postcards, over 2,000 of them that he let us display at the gallery. Okay. And through conversation with him, come to find out he's writing a history book. Would I help him edit it? Oh, yes, that's what I do. Blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Long story short, he starts Fort Wayne food tours. Three years into it, decides... He just wants to retire, Yeah, reaches out to me to see if I know anybody interested in it, and I said, me, and I bought it.
2: Ah, there
0: you go. (laughs) Okay. So in a nutshell, what does Fort Wayne Food Tours do?
1: Yep. So Fort Wayne Food Tours is a seasonal business that Mm -hmm. runs April through September on Saturday Mm -hmm. afternoons in downtown Fort Wayne, and it is a walking tour of downtown that includes four culinary stops, and then it's a history of... Arts and culture tour.
0: Ah, okay. So tell me a little bit about how you choose the restaurants. Because if we had gone back to 2002, we would have no had one. about three options.
1: There now wouldn't you be have, a Fort yeah, Wayne food tours. Yeah, so there would be, be no point.
0: Here's Coney Island. Here's right. Double Dragon. End right. of tour. Yeah. Um, so what? how do you choose restaurant partners and, and what are you looking for? in terms of those partnerships? Yes,
1: yeah, so that's a great question. So Randy had a well-established relationship with several restaurant partners. So when I purchased the business from him at the end of 2019, he had four partners for that previous mm-hmm. season. And he said, maybe just for continuity's sake, you keep those four same four partners for the next season. That way I can introduce you to all of yeah. them. And so that's what we did. He took me to every restaurant, mm-hmm. introduced me to the owners and the general managers and said, this is... The new owner. She's very capable. Look how lovely she is. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't bail on us. And um so they all agreed to come on for 2020. And then, you know, pandemic. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So I didn't actually get to have a tour season, my first Mm -hmm. tour. We started back up again in May 2021. And um we choose, we have Don Hall's gas house. Hoppy Gnome, Proxima, brand were mm-hmm. the four for mm-hmm. this year. Um, in 2022, I'm going to keep all of them for my Saturday tours and I'm launching a Sunday brunch tour uh-huh. with four different partners um, okay. downtown.
0: So so seasonal because you're outside, you're walking right. around. It's cold. I have don't want to be cold. Have ever thought of doing one around the holidays?
1: I have. And in yeah. fact, it was the general manager at Proximo who mm-hmm. asked me if I would consider it. Yeah. I actually have a private tour next Wednesday. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. A company. So you can book me for private tours on different days of the week, All too. Right. Okay. So they're actually doing it on a Wednesday afternoon nice. as a part of their... Um, Group retreat, like people are coming from out of town from their corporate office and they're doing a tour. So I do have a lot of plans for Fort Wayne food tours. I wanted to get my first season under my belt just to learn the ins and outs and the ebbs and flows and refine my script. I changed the script from what Randy had. His was all history, but I'm super into arts and culture. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I added the arts campus, the history of it, the vision for it, all the downtown murals. Yeah.
0: Is there is there ever like a seventy five degree sunny Saturday when you're like I don't want to do this this week?
1: (laughs) You know that my mother in law asks me that a lot because I think it irritates her (laughs) that I am gone every Saturday. Yeah. But I tell you what, I have now been a mom for five and a half years, and for the majority of that, I've been at home.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: Um, And I. Don't see people Mm -hmm. besides my husband. Yeah. And I'm a very social person. So, really, the Saturdays during the summer have become like my little special thing. And so, I get to meet 12 new people every Saturday. I get to talk about the city that I love. I get to share the food that I think is incredible. Yeah. Um, And so, no, I haven't experienced that yet. (laughs) I did take my birthday off, which is in August.
0: That's good. (laughs) So, You've got Redbird Writing. You have Fort Wayne Food Tours. Right. What else?
1: I am also the executive editor of Glow Magazine.
0: Yep, and that's KPC property. Nope, no, that's uh, the, the papers, papers Sorry yep. about that. Yeah, the
1: papers. So that's a women's magazine. We've yep. been around for eleven years now. Um, so I'm actually the executive editor and the publications manager, which means that I oversee the sales aspect of that as well. I have two amazing salespeople, though, who are just absolute rock stars, so I don't have to worry about that too much. Sure. And is that... Fairly part-time then? No, that is my full-time job. wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what pays the salary and the health insurance. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. So you have that. Yes. And that is developing story ideas, working with subjects, interviews, all that stuff. Yep.
1: Assigning writers, working with my photographers, working with my graphic design team to lay out the magazine. Okay.
0: So similar to what you're doing for business people. Absolutely the same. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then there's a fourth one.
1: Is there, is there what what a fourth one? Oh, I'm the executive director of Fort Wayne Soup. <laughs> that's but it. that's volunteer. Okay. So All I don't right. know if it counts, but...
0: So what is Fort Wayne Soup for those who don't know?
1: So Fort Wayne Soup is a micro-grant organization that hosts community dinners and allows people with great ideas to pitch, mm-hmm. and then attendees vote for their favorite, and that winner takes home the money from the door plus matching sponsorship funds.
0: Okay. And this is it's for one of a better term it's a franchise, correct?
2: <laughs>
1: it's it's a franchise except not in like the McDonald's sense of the word yeah. just that it started in Detroit okay. with Detroit soup mm-hmm. and other community said, Hey, that's really cool. We want to do it too. Can we call it soup too? And they're like, yeah. So now there's soups everywhere. In fact, we had someone from Oslo soup come to visit us two years ago and we've created kind of this cool little network of soup organizations. I was first introduced to it in Chattanooga in 2014 when I went down there as the executive director of Artlink to a co-starters convention, which that's a whole nother story, but They had a little demonstration of soup, and I said, I want to do that. And I was going to do it under the ArtLink umbrella, but there was just so much else going on. And then Andrew Gritzmaker, who's the chief executive officer of Habitat Mm -hmm. for Humanity, and his friend Mark actually started it. And I wasn't involved Uh, at all. okay. And I was, you know, doing the mom thing. I had Mm -hmm. a baby and Jared Applegate, Mm -hmm. who's an artist who I met through ArtLink, called me one day and said, hey, I know that you like resign from all your volunteer stuff, but like, I know you like to volunteer, so you need to come be a part of Fort Wayne Soup. I'm like, there's a Fort Wayne Soup? Yes. I want to be a part of it. So I came and joined it. And then Andrew and Mark, after like six months, are like, can you just... Do it? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So um, if someone's on the food tour, they can't order Fort Wayne soup, though, no. correct? All right. Some Let's of the restaurants sometimes
1: order yeah. soup. But yes, yeah, all okay. the different hats I'm wearing, yeah. like, which hat am I wearing now? Because then within Redbird Writing, yeah. I have like 12 clients. Yeah. So I have to think who am I today? Yeah, Giving yeah. Tuesday is a really confusing day for me because I'm running <laughs> yeah. multiple campaigns. Sure,
0: sure. <laughs> So, So what are some of the things right now that are taking up most of your time? I, I would assume there's probably a GLOW project in there because it's yep. full time. Yeah. But with all the other things you do, what would you say are the two or three projects that are most on your mind right now? You're either excited about them, you're afraid of them, maybe you're both excited and afraid of them. What What's on that list?
1: You know, um, you mentioned the grant, right? And it's relatively new in that I signed my first grant writing client a year ago Mm -hmm. last month. And so I was doing all this content creation, digital marketing in a contract capacity for several organizations. And Justin Klepper, who's the executive director mm-hmm. of CTN, is a longtime friend of mine. Yep. We met way back in the Bust-a-Move days yep. because he was the event coordinator at the Fort Wayne Museum of yep. Art, which is where I hosted Bust-a-Move. Yep. We connected there. Then we served on the while, and I board together. Mm-hmm. Long story short, he decided that he, as the executive director, had too much on his plate to yep. continue writing over $750,000 worth of grants. It's a lot to track. Oh, sure. The applications, sure. the reporting deadlines. And he thought... Mm. I'm not really in a position to offer this to a full-time person. Maybe I can contract it out. And so he reached out to me and said, hey, you know how to write grants. Mm -hmm. Would you be interested in this? And I thought, yes, I would. So he was my first official grant client. At the same time, I was working with a professional coach who was getting her degree and needed like guinea pig clients. Her name is Shelby Shu. She's a wonderful person. Mm -hmm. She used to be with the Community Foundation And we were really focused on Glow stuff for a Mm -hmm. while. Like, where could I take Glow to the next level? And then I started talking to her about working with Justin. And Mm -hmm. then Justin referred me to Tommy Carden at the Redemption House. And she came on as a client. And then Mm -hmm. Justin referred me to another. And pretty soon, I had four grant clients. And Shelby noticed every time I talked about those projects, my face lit up. And she just pointed it out to me. She said, you know, it seems like you really enjoy that. I said, I do. Yeah. I'm a really good writer. Yep. Yeah. And I really like grant writing. I love spreadsheets and tracking deadlines and reports and metrics and evaluations. Yeah. And she said, Well, let's make a goal around that.
0: Yeah. Well, and you get the tangible outcome. A lot of writing, it's like, I'm going to put it out in the world, and hopefully people like it. Maybe
1: someone will like it on Facebook or read it on a blog. Yeah. But in the case of grant writing, here's Mm $250,000. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. 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 Or not. (laughs) Or not. Or, sorry, but um, she said, let's make a goal. And so this was December 2021. I said, by the end of... No, this was sorry. Just I, I don't know what year it is. What year is it? December 2020. She said, "Let's make a goal." I said, "By the end of 2021, I'd like to be to a point where I might have to decide to go all in." Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. got there in July. Oh wow! Okay. All right. So I've just been just dis- yeah. trying to decide. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So great writing is a big piece. Yes. What are some of the other
1: things that are taking I'm up really your time? excited about Fort Wayne Food Tours. Mm-hmm. I had such an amazing time yes. this summer. And just seeing how excited people got, people who have lived here their whole mm-hmm. lives would say to me, I didn't know more than half of that stuff that you told me. I had one woman email me afterwards and say, you know, I used to get so annoyed seeing all the focus on downtown and Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. And now coming down here and seeing the art and seeing how alive our alleys are of all places, seeing the restaurants being busy and how they're all so focused on local. And she's like, I can understand now why all of that focus is put here. And that just means so much to me because I have believed in the potential of downtown Fort Wayne for a really long Mm -mm. time. And now it's all coming to fruition, and I just get to be a cheerleader for it, which is way cool. So I do have a lot of dreams um, involved with Fort Wayne Food Tours. I'd love to be able to extend my season, whether that means bundling up or making a vehicle purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have dreams of expanding to different segments of the city. You know, there mm-hmm. there are quite a few businesses that are just south of mm-hmm. downtown Fort yep. Wayne, and there's a lot of history in the 07 yep. neighborhood, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of things yep. I want to do with it. And how does that tie into marketing? <laughs> I'm basically marketing the city, yeah, and marketing sure. my partners. Well, and you have to promote it. You have to get the word out. And I'm the yeah. one, yeah, I'm promoting it, and mm-hmm. I'm the one doing all of the tours. So I'm the one crafting the messaging, writing the scripts, and you know, finessing that story for my participants and creating a really cool experience for people. Yeah,
0: well, that's that's great. So. <laughs> You've got the great writing. You've got food tours. Anything else? That, and being a mom, of course. Is yeah, terrible.
1: being the mom is the best. You know. Yeah. And being a mom, I'm now um, involved with the PTO. Yep. So I am the official communications coordinator for the PTO, and that has been an extremely fulfilling thing to be able to lend my talents in a way that directly impacts the well being yeah. of my child's school. Yeah, has been a really yeah. Cool experience. What schools? She goes to Oakview in the um, Northwest Allen County Schools District. We live up there now. Yeah. And it's a wonderful school. She's a kindergartner, and that was a whole transition that we're still... You yeah. know, transitioning through.
0: But yeah, my experience is that it will continue to be a transition until yeah. the child goes to college. Yes.
1: That's what I've heard. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to not yeah. be tired.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Well, let's switch Amber to the speed round of the show where yeah. I ask you three questions that in some cases are a lot like what we've already talked about, okay. but a little different in that they're ideally shorter and the answers are concise and pithy and tweetable and all these okay. things. Um best career advice. You've done a lot of different things. You continue to do a lot of different things. You have worked in different industries. What's the one thing that you would tell people that is most critical to having a successful, fulfilling career? When
1: people ask me this question, it is always volunteer where your passions lie Mm -hmm. because that is where you're going to make the most meaningful connections and you can hone professional skills in that capacity. So I started volunteering very early in Fort Wayne and I would volunteer my marketing skills yep. or my writing skills. Yes. And yeah. I got really good at press releases yeah. and media relations and things of that nature and i can just walking through this career all of those things materialized because of connections i made through nonprofit work.
0: Yeah, i love that advice especially for liberal arts majors. Exactly. Um, you know, one of the questions i get asked frequently from college students is, you know, how do you get experience when every job requires experience? Right. And one of the things, you know, i talk about is internships and informational interviews, but the The little-known secret is volunteer doing the stuff you want to be known for, and over time you'll become known for it. Exactly. And even if you have to work a job that isn't what you want to do, you can have that side gig where you are probably going to be better if it's something you care about.
1: 100%.
0: And people will start to say, oh, you can do this. That was very much the story My story as well.
1: All of my careers have stemmed from my involvement in a volunteer capacity. Yeah.
0: Well, and it it gives you a seat at the table where you are a peer to people who you might not otherwise have access to.
1: Right. And you never know who's sitting around that table. Exactly.
0: Exactly. All right. Second question. Um, How do you describe... Your professional self. I I usually usually ask people to say, "How do you succinctly describe your organization?" But you wear a lot of different hats. So if people say, "What do you do?" or "Tell me about yourself," you answer that in a professional context.
1: I am a storyteller. All right. Yeah. Whether that's like we're doing now Mm -hmm. or through Fort Wayne food tours or through the social media content or through glow editorial, I am telling the story of our community, of our people, of our nonprofits, of the organizations that I work with. Yeah.
0: That was super concise and (laughs) pithy. That's what I do. (laughs) Okay. Last question. And this one, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Oh no. Um, (laughs) And I'm going to give you some latitude, but, We've talked about how the pandemic changed all that stuff with other guests. Um, And, you know, we've talked about how did parenthood change you, and you've already alluded to some of that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to focus on food stuff. Okay. What is your what are a couple of your favorite either menu items or restaurants? In other words, let's, let's do this. What are some things that don't get the attention they deserve in terms of Fort Wayne food
1: that people should know about? Ah, The shrimp and grits at Proximo. Huh, okay. It is the bomb. Really? Like, literally, go have it right now. Okay. All right. I was just there this morning and I
0: didn't have it. I feel... (laughs) I have fear of having missed out. Whatever yeah. the acronym would be. Okay, it is
1: amazing. All right. I'm also a huge fan of the beef tenderloin salad at the halls. Yes, one of my favorites. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's not, it's not a really believable. a salad. No, it's, it's terrible for you. But it's and great. It's potatoes with salad there's under a it. There's a whole
0: potato that's <laughs> right. like a fried potato quarter, <laughs> right. and I get. I just go all in. I get Thousand Me Island too. dressing, and I dip the potato in it, and I feel Blue like Henry VIII. Blue yeah. cheese. Yeah,
1: I love it. Okay, but I feel great. like I'm dieting, but it's like eighteen thousand calories. Yeah, there's
0: lettuce in there.
1: I know. But, yeah. I love it. And I just recently had my first dining experience at Chance Bar. It's yeah, down on which Fairfield. Which
0: I've been meaning to go to and haven't gotten to yet. Oh,
2: Yeah.
1: I went on a Tuesday night. I took my parents there for their 50th wedding anniversary. It was my treat to them. And little did I know that on Tuesday they do this uh, fixed menu, and mm-hmm. it's like $45 for four mm-hmm. courses, and it's an incredible deal. Okay. And the food... I mean, we have a lot of amazing chefs oh, yeah. in this community. Yeah. I mean, I can sing Aaron Butts' praises mm-hmm. for. There's just so many. Yeah. I don't even. I shouldn't even have singled Aaron out, but he's amazing, and I've yeah. been a f- fan for a long time. Corey, the owner at Chance Bar, is a magician. Okay, and his food is so thoughtfully planned and prepared, and offers the most unique flavor combinations that I would never think to put together. It was my favorite dining experience of my entire
0: life. All right. And it's on Fairfield in what used to be Hartley's? It was Hartley's, yeah.
1: And it was another restaurant in between there, yeah. it had bird in the name and I can't ever remember it.
0: Yeah, but it was it was Chuck and, bird. Bird. Chuck and Birds. Chuck
1: and Birds, yes. It's the yeah. same building. Okay. All and right. it's amazing.
0: All right. Okay. So now I'm super hungry, so we am going to wrap it up so I can go eat. Um, but if people want to find out more about Fort Wayne Food Tours, yep. where where do they go?
1: Fortwaynefoodtours.com. I'm also on easy. Instagram yeah. and Twitter and Facebook. All right.
0: Awesome. Well, Amber, it's been a great pleasure having you as our last guest of <gasps> (gasps) 2021 yeah that's exciting so it is it is that means nick and i we get a break for a month or so yeah (laughs) well thank you so much for being here and having us end the year on such a high happy note and we appreciate everyone too who took the opportunity to listen to this episode we will be back soon with another great guest and we hope you'll join us then